the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, so come with me to the book of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 34. Luke chapter 2, read a couple of verses before I start teaching. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and this was the time where Jesus had been born. And when the parents had brought in the child Jesus... To him, to do for him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things, at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simon, let's read it together, one go. Then Simon, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Let's take that again. This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign. Wow. Let's read that from the New International Version because that's what I'll be teaching from. The same verse. Okay, let's go. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause May you rise with his birth. I said, may you rise with his birth. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is one of the stories about the birth of Christ. And here he's talking about people rising and falling through the birth. What a prophecy. Okay, come with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1 to 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1 to 12. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, having a very great retinue. Camels that bore spices, gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, 
and food on his table, the sitting of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe these words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. That is authentic greatness. He says, you exceed the fame of which I heard. May you exceed the fame of which people hear of you. You know, there are people that sometimes they project themselves, particularly in this era of social media, they project themselves, you only go to them to see that they are empty. May you not be that kind of empty person. Yeah. The closer people get to you, the more they must see the genuineness of your spirit. There are people sometimes when you get close to them, you regret having gotten close to them. Because everything you heard about them is the opposite. May that not be your testimony. Okay, so he says, Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed is the Lord God who delighted in you, setting you on his throne to be king for the Lord your God because your God has loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore, he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great abundance, Precious stones, and there never were any spices. Take note, there never were any spices as those that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. All right. Also, the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon who brought gold from Afe brought agum wood and precious stones, and the king made walkways of agum wood. For the house of God and for the king's house. Also harps and string instruments for singers. And there were none such as these before in the land of Judah. Now King Solomon gave. Somebody say King Solomon gave. King Solomon gave gave of to the queen of Sheba all she desired. You see, so (laughs) that is king of kings. When we give to God, that's what happened to us. We can never outgive God in giving. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. The queen came and gave. And that could be quantified. <laughs> but when the king of kings at the time, Solomon, the king, was giving, the Bible says, they could have everything that she desired, he gave. And he never lacked. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Can somebody shout a believer? Amen. amen. Much more than she had brought to the king. Give and it shall be what? Given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. Nothing in the hands of God appreciates. When you put anything in the hands of God in faith, it always appreciates. It always appreciates. That's why givers never go down in the kingdom. May you receive the gift of giving. May you receive the grace to be generous. Alright, so we look at the story and you see that in Luke chapter 1 verse 34 to 32, when the prophecy about the birth of Christ was given, one of the things they said concerning the birth of Christ, Luke chapter 1 verse 31 to 32, is the fact that the birth of Christ was the birth of greatness. Somebody said the birth of Christ was the birth of greatness. Because a great one was about to be born. He said, 
Verse 31, behold, you conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his kingdom. So you see that by all standards, Jesus was a great child. Somebody say Jesus was a great child. But all, by all standards, if you look at him, the, the prophecies that went before his birth, if you look at his miraculous conception, if you look at all the things that happened, even when he was born, the fact that people were already great around the time of his birth became intimidated. Jesus was an uncommonly great child. His assignment was great. His life was great. Many prophecies were given. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting God. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So, we see that Jesus was a great child by all standards. But, when Jesus was born, you would have thought that everybody will rise with his birth. You would have just thought that once a great one is born. Everybody was going to rise. But the one who was born great, the Bible says, his birth is going to cause the rising and the falling of many. And for me, that has been a word of meditation all through the week. His birth is going to bring about the rising and the falling of many. So I just decided to meditate and reflect on his story, the people were around at his birth and try to see if there were people who rose through his birth. Now, I realize that a number of people rose through the birth of Christ. A lot of people rose. Nobody knew Mary, but till tomorrow we'll talk about Mary. Mary spoke. He said, today, people shall call me generationally blessed. If you read her account, she said, from today, all that hear of my sorrow will call me generationally blessed. That is Mary. Who was Joseph? A carpenter nobody knew about. But because of Christ, all through the season, in every Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, the names that I am mentioning here will be mentioned. And they are mentioned in a positive light. So we look at that. The shepherds, they came by night and they were watching over their flock and the light shone. And these shepherds are also noted here. We see the wise men coming all the way, Gentiles, coming all the way from the east, Babylon. They came all the way, traveled several distance, and they came to identify. Today we read and we still talk about these guys. But you know what? Just like when we began this series, we said that there are some opportunities, once you lose them, you will never recover them. You remember that? The teaching we are on is life lessons from the birth of Christ. Somebody say life lessons. From the birth of Christ. Okay, life lessons from the birth of Christ. When he was born, what are the lessons we can learn from his birth? The first lesson we learned is that there are some opportunities. Once we lose them, we can recover them again. Jesus was born. He needed a place to stay. He needed a place to be born. He went into a hotel that was close by. And the hotel manager told the mother who was heavily pregnant. And uh, had uh, her waters had broken and was about to deliver looked at her face eyeball to eyeball with her husband and said, listen, this hotel is too expensive. You guys cannot pay. I have important guests here. I don't want you to come and mess up this place with your blood. So there's no room for you and your wife in this place. That's what they told Jesus. There's no place. The owner of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth, the earth is a loss and the fullness thereof. They looked at him and said, there's no place for you. 
But do you imagine that when Jesus grew up, there was a time when he was ministering, and then the whole place was packed until nobody could gain access. They had to use the roof. The one they couldn't get room for, God gave him his place in life. Listen, you may have been born, people have said no to you. And you see, sometimes people have a difficulty when they are told no. There are times people will tell you no. Somebody you love, you tell you no. A business partner will say no. A friend will say no to you. But when men say no to you, don't forget, God has already said yes to you. And if God is on your side, greater is he that is in you than he that is against you. Somebody shout an amen. amen. Alright, so we said that the first lesson is that some opportunities, once we lose them, we'll never get them back. In the story of Christ, there are some people that are mentioned for good. Others are mentioned for bad. One of the people mentioned for bad is, or for evil, is the innkeeper. Because it takes a heartless soul to be able to look at a person delivering and say, I don't have room for you. And then, of course, Jesus was not born in a palace. And that's what mommy took you through last week. That the fact that no level is too low to start with God. Somebody say, no level is too low to start with God. Say, no level is too low to start with God. Yesterday, we went for my spiritual father's city at Bedi. And you should see some of his pictures. Amazing pictures. Amazing pictures. Pictures are good, though. There are some pictures, when you see them, you don't even like them. Me have some pictures, I don't want to see them. But pictures are good. Because they help you to catalog the hand of God in your life. When you are becoming proud, check your old pictures. They will tell you that you have not always been like this. We looked at some wild, wild pictures. <laughs> wild pictures. No level is too low to start with God. There are some of us, we have in our mind where we should start life. That's why you are not starting. You have already programmed. This is the kind of man who must marry me. He must have this amount of money in his account. He must speak with this accent. Be there. <laughs> That kind of person you are describing is yet to be born. No level is too low to start with God. Starting is more important with God. Who have despised the day of small beginning. Jesus was born not in a palace. The king of the universe. The one who is about to save the world from their sin. Is about to be born. And they couldn't give birth to him in Beverly Hills. One of the nicest hotels there. They gave birth to him. Not in uh, uh, Lancaster or Kempiski or which of them? Marriott. According to Lip is no longer in existence. So. <laughs> in a manger who put place for animals. That's where they gave birth to him. Feeding trough. That's where Jesus was born. By the time we are through with the world, by the time he finishes ministry, the world is yet to still recover from the impact of his life and ministry. Somebody shout an Amen. amen. Okay, today, I am talking about the wise men. Somebody say the wise men. The wise men. Uh, two people, one became a casualty of the birth of Christ, and the others became a blessing through the birth of Christ. And I'm speaking on life lessons from the birth of Christ. Three, your posture towards greatness will determine whether you can benefit from greatness or not. Somebody say, my posture towards greatness. Say, my posture towards greatness. Say, my posture towards greatness will determine whether I will benefit from it or not. 
quickly, five general thoughts about greatness. You must always remember. Number one is that greatness is God-given. Somebody say, greatness is God-given. In 1 Chronicles 29, 12, he said, Both riches and honor come from him. You reign over all in your hand is power and might. In your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. In whose hand? In God's hand, it is to make great. So when you see someone come into greatness, sometimes they may not even admit that God played a factor in it. But their lack of admission does not diminish the fact that God did it. Because the Bible says a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. So the fact that the people are not openly acknowledging it does not mean that that is a reality. It is in his hands to make great. May he make you great. Listen, don't shy away from greatness. A lot of people shy away from greatness. If you're a believer, you have to dream and pursue greatness. Somebody say dream and pursue greatness. Yeah, because that's what God wants for you. It is his will to give you the kingdom. It is his will to make you great. God is not in the business. A great God will not make small people. Am I communicating here? He's the most high, so he can keep you most low. He wants you to go as high as he can lift you. I see God lift you. David said, Thou, O Lord, are the shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. God does not bury people's head. He lifts them up. He will lift you up also. I said he will lift you up also. Sometimes when you hear all the negative stories, and most of the time negative stories is very common about great people. When you hear all of that, you may come to a point where you are like me, I don't want to have anything to do with it. That is wrong. Yeah, there's nobody who would be spoken well of by all. Every great person. And that is why I want to teach you on how to do this. Because sometimes... Uh, you yourself, sometimes we are the enemy of our own greatness. Because there's a way. God usually, greatness is usually not distributed across. Yes, God will just raise one person. And through that person, many others are raised. That's how God functions. Through scripture, that's how he functions. He could have saved all of us by himself. He said, Jesus, you go and die. And through your life, all the others will be saved. In the book of Psalms, he says, Thou will show me thy path of life. In thy light, we shall see light. That's how God functions. And sometimes people have a difficulty coming to terms with that fact. Because see, God does it that way because largely God will bless you through another human being. To the extent that even when he wanted to rescue humanity, he couldn't do it in his form as God. He had to come in the form of a human being. Because that's the only way you can work and function in this sphere. Number two, greatness is given by God to bless and advance others. Somebody say greatness is given by God to bless and advance others. This is very important. A lot of people have power in Africa and we abuse it. We have power and want to keep people down. We have power and want to suppress people. So he becomes a boss and all of a sudden nobody is rising in the department. He takes on a certain position and that's it. He must sit in it and die in it. You must understand that God can promote you and keep you higher than you ever think. Where you are now is the smallest position God will ever have you be. Because the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more onto a perfect day. Can somebody say an amen? amen? But you see, when God gives you money and you want to be the only person who will be rich, sooner or later you lose it. Our people start businesses and when other people are working with them, they don't want them to flourish. 
when they even prosper under them, they can't show their prosperity. Because when they saw it, hey, you see, you see, we as blacks and we as uh, Africans and we as Ghanaians, they have what they call crabology. 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 And for those of you who God has already blessed to start things and those of you who will be empowered to start things, let people under you experience a blessing. If you don't want to die before your time, let people under you enjoy the blessing. Enjoy the blessing. Let people under you enjoy the blessing. Yeah. If there's a good car, you can buy for yourself. Buy one for the people if you can afford it. If it's a good dress, you can buy for yourself. Buy for the people. You see, the fact that you have struggled does not mean that all others must struggle. You struggle so that others don't have to struggle. Africans have a diabolical mentality. Diabolical mentality. Go to our investors. Me professors. Do you know how many times I wrote the paper and I failed? And you want to just pass it easily like that. Not under my nose. You don't build a nation with people whose mind is thinking this way. You don't. And if you don't change our mentality, our nation and our people will be where we are for a very long time. And your whole life, you will see very little progress. Because you see, until you create room for others, you are not a candidate for your next room. Make room for other people. And then your next room will be open. Most of the time you think that, uh, you know, if I, if I let them go, I will lose my position. No, your next position is already guaranteed. You just have to make sure that other people are groomed and they can take over. Because if nobody can take over, why should you be promoted? Promoted where? He told Abraham, he said, I will bless thee and in thee, sir, you and your children and your wife be blessed. All the nations of the earth be blessed. All the nations. Now the person who is working for you is being maltreated. We are doing, or if this one was your biological child, would you handle them the same way? You see, I believe in teaching people principles of discipline, accountability, and all of those. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that just take what you have labored for and just hand it into the hands of. But you see, increasingly Africans think that until people suffer, they can learn. Listen, not everybody must suffer to learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. No, no. Not, not everybody must suffer to learn. In fact, according to scripture, David said, before affliction came, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went out of your law. I know I'm a Bible teacher. That's my primary ministry. And I know that God uses sufferings to teach us things. But the first thing God uses to teach us is instruction. And the first thing you must look out for in order to commit great responsibility to people and bless them is how they pay attention to your instructions. Not what they have suffered. Because sometimes when people have suffered too much, when they enter harvest, they can also destroy everything. Are you here with me? I know this message is not too nice. (laughs) But I'm not preparing you for tomorrow. I'm preparing you for the greater future. Praise the Lord. Yeah. If you must experience greatness to a certain degree, please never get bogged down with any position. Don't allow any position to hold you so tight that you are not let. Don't wear seatbelt when you sit on any chair. That's what I'm telling you. Unless you are on a plane. Uh, some people, they sit in their office, they become CEO of this thing, and they, 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 they put a seatbelt on it. 
Then they are moving from Antoine to this place. Nobody must unseat me. Listen, you will die on one of those trips. You will be driving yourself there. And you will just kill yourself on the road. Because somebody left there for you to come there. Somebody left there. Alright, number three, exposure. Every exposure to greatness. I have not even started my message. Yo. Every exposure to greatness is an opportunity to become great or increase your present level of greatness. Somebody say exposure to greatness. It's my opportunity to become great or increase my present level of greatness. Yeah. When you hear that something great is happening, it's your opportunity to become great or increase your present level of greatness. That's it. Number four, not everybody benefits from greatness like God intended it to. Not everybody, not everybody benefits from greatness like God intended it to. That's why in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 34, a great one is born and he said that he is destined to cause the falling and the rise of many in Israel. The rising and the falling. The rising and the falling. May people rise with you. Amen. I said may people rise with you. Amen. You know, I love David so much because when you read the account of David, David was in a cave. And when David came out of the cave, the people who were with him out of the cave, the Bible said they came out of the cave with him. All the people who were with him in the cave. There are people who were with others in the cave. Those people come out of the cave and they forget them that they are in the cave. They just want to be a borough. They should perish in the cave. <laughs> Number five. A scriptural understanding coupled with proper posture towards greatness is critical in getting the best out of greatness. Somebody say, a scriptural understanding. And that's the perspective I'm seeking to provide for you this morning. A scriptural understanding coupled with proper posture. Because when you understand greatness for what God ordained it to be, then your posture towards it will be right. And then you will get the best out of greatness. Because in the story we are reading, or the story we read, realized that when Jesus was born, the man Herod, who was already great by some measure, lost it. How many of you remember that Herod lost it? He lost it. Herod, rather than rise, he fell. He fell. And ordinary people from a far away country came and they rose. And today, we are mentioning them in the story of Christ for good. Meanwhile, Herod who could have used his position and influence to advance the cause of Christ as a little king, blew his opportunity. May you not blow your opportunity. I said, may you not blow your opportunity. Three reasons why Herod could not benefit from the greatness the birth of Christ brought. Herod could not benefit. Number one, Herod sought greatness for himself alone. He sought greatness for himself alone. If you are going to benefit from greatness, don't seek greatness for yourself alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't seek greatness for yourself alone. Now look at this. Matthew 2 verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from where? The east came to where? Jerusalem. Look at that. Saying, where is he who has been born king of the, please say it, king of the, king of the Jews. For we have seen his Oh, say it. We have seen his and have come to and have come to we have seen his star 
and we have come to worship him. You can't become a superstar until you can allow other stars to develop around you. <laughs> we have seen his star and we have come. We have seen his star and we have come. We have seen his star and we have come. Do you know what Herod did? The moment he heard that, look at verse 3. Ooh, verse 3. The Bible said, when Herod the king heard, what did he hear? We have seen the star and we have come to worship him. We have seen the star. We have come to worship him. The Bible said, when he heard it, he was greatly troubled. And Jerusalem with him. He was greatly troubled. Woo! Greatly troubled. You are in a certain business, you hear that somebody has started it. Immediately, you are greatly troubled. Greatly trouble. He's taking over my business. Listen, what business do you have? I remember this week, we were just uh, driving with the kids and we were passing through Angoga Junction, the area. I didn't know that. I've been driving there, but I didn't know that that is an onion market. And we saw the place and it was all onions. All onions. Everybody's there selling onions. I saw one or two people. Then Annabelle asked, so these people, do they all buy? Who will you buy from when you get there? And mommy was telling her that, listen, everybody in their place at the end of the day makes money and they all go home in peace. We have seen his star. Let me tell you, nobody's star needs to be quenched for your star to shine brighter. That's what I want you to know. Nobody's star must be quenched. Nobody's star must be quenched. Nobody's star must be quenched. Nobody's star. Don't. In your office, when a young man comes and his potential seems to be greater than your own, listen, don't get troubled. That's what happened to Herod. He was a king. He heard that somebody has opened a new supermarket. Ah! Then they started. He started printing bills. This supermarket, they, they went to Juju. They went for Juju. This supermarket, have you seen that in Ghana, almost anybody who does anything consistently well is using Juju, particularly when it's food. Because we don't work with recipes. Any restaurant you go to, today is fine, tomorrow is bad. Today is fine, tomorrow is bad. Even the best of restaurants. And if somebody prepares a recipe and consistently he gets it right, before, hey! <laughs> we can't go far with this attitude. Praise the Lord. We have seen a star. We have come. We came because we have seen a star. Listen, when people come to celebrate someone's star, don't pour water on it. Don't destroy the celebration. Don't. You may be a, a seasoned lawyer for many years and a young man is coming and people are talking about him. Don't be frightened. Don't. Don't be frightened. Rather, find a way and bring him and begin to mentor him. Am I complicated here? Yeah. So that tomorrow when they say, ah, this is a great star, he said, this is my coach. I'm not communicating here. Now listen, if we begin to go through life, we'll be able to raise and multiply greatness. The way we are going now, no, 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 no. Africans hardly mentor anybody. Because we don't want anybody to outshine us. We don't want anybody to be better than us. But the Christ you are following, you remember what he said? He said, <laughs> My disciples, the works I do, they will do. And greater works than these shall they do. Because I go. Because what? I go. Because you see, when you empower people to do greater works, you can go. Yeah. 
When you don't empower people to do greater work, that's why you can't go on leave. Oh. This is your job. You can't go on leave. You can't go on leave. You can't go on leave. Because nobody is empowered to continue your absence. You are dying slowly. And you think it's a baby build the office build it don't build it around you don't build the business around you build it on solid principles teach people what you know am I communicating here teach people what you know oh when I teach them all my secrets they will go away let them go away God will give you more am I communicating here listen any good thing you know and you teach others it multiplies in your life any good thing you know and you teach others multiplies in your lives one of the great principles of knowing and growing in knowledge is your willingness to share your knowledge with others. The more you share knowledge with others, the greater you grow in the knowledge of the same thing. So understand that. He sought greatness for himself. You see, I told you that God wants you to be great, but God never wants you to be great for yourself only. Nazar 45 verse 5. He said, seek thou great things for yourself. Seek them not. Isaiah 45, look at that. Isaiah 45 verse 5. Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. If it's for yourself, but it's for the blessing and the impartation of others, go ahead and seek it. That is God's mind when it comes to greatness. Number two, he saw his greatness as the apex or the zenith of greatness. That's how the man saw himself. He saw his greatness as the zenith of greatness. After me, nobody else. So when he heard that a king has been born, he said, Aya, I thought that was the best and the last king. Why should any more king be born? Why should any king, why should another person become a doctor? Why should another person become a politician? Why should another shop be open? Why should another church be open? Why should another this? Hey, listen. <laughs> it doesn't end with you. It doesn't what? End with you. It doesn't end with you. That's not God's plan. <laughs> That's no God's plan. He thought he was the ultimate king. So no other king should come after him. This is the worst case and this is very common with us as Ghanaians. Number three is that he sought to destroy greatness in others. He sought to <laughs> he sought to destroy it. Greatness in others. He sought to destroy one, he sought for himself and then he saw that he, he was the ultimate. And number three, if he is not the ultimate. Anybody who will come, I must destroy you. Is that your philosophy of life? To destroy anybody who is coming up around you? Is that your philosophy? Somebody comes into the choir. Are you here? And he has a very powerful voice. Before now, you were always leading. Then all of a sudden, somebody comes and the person is good. The same soprano or tenor you sing. That's the same one. And the person's own has a little edge. <laughs> and they begin to push the person. This is a crowd. I'm so unsure that you're correct with you. Listen. And if you have a voice, you have a voice. You have a voice. And if you have a voice. All of a sudden. Look at this. Matthew 2, verse 12 to 13. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Verse 13. 
Now, when they had departed, look at this. When they had what? Behold, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take what? The young child and his mother flee where? To Egypt and stay there until I bring you for 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 who seek the young child to destroy him. Herod! Herod. One day, I will maybe some other Christmas, I will teach you on how to survive around Herod. I don't want you to be a Herod. But if you find yourself around a Herod, because Africa has a lot of Herods. <laughs> From politics to ministry to all kinds of places. They have a lot of them. They have a lot of them. Herods. Herods. They are always looking for greatness to destroy it. They look for it. When they see greatness, they see faults. That's all they see. They want to find a way to bring it down. Listen, I wrote here. I said the ability to discover and develop greatness in others is the true measure of greatness. Somebody said the ability to discern, discover, and develop greatness in others is a true measure of greatness. Again, truly great people don't fight or destroy greatness in others. Rather, they nurture it into maturation for the benefit of all. That's how truly great people live their lives. They nurture greatness and then they mature it for the benefit of all. You remember the brothers of Joseph when they said, let's kill him. You remember when he dreamt, he said, let's kill him and let's see what will become of his dreams. What they didn't know was that they were about to kill their tomorrow. If Joseph had died, their lives would have ended on a very different scale. But the person who dreamt, because great dreamers are not common. Are you with me here? Yeah, great dreamers are not common. So when you have one, you protect one. You don't destroy that person. One great dreamer preserved the entire family, leading to the entire preservation of the whole nation. Now let's quickly look at our lessons today from the wise men. Five insights from the wise men on how to benefit from greatness. Herod lost it, but the wise men got it. You will get it. I said you will get it. No wonder the Bible describes them as wise men. They got it. They were wise. It takes wisdom to be able to rise through the greatness of other people. Number one is that you must design greatness. Somebody say design greatness. Yeah, greatness is not easily designable. You have to design it. You have to watch it closely. You have to sense it. You have to perceive it by the spirit. When Moses was born, the Bible said they hid him because they perceived the destiny of greatness was upon Moses. They hid him. Know how to discern greatness. Now, don't forget these guys, an angel uh, appeared to them, a star was shown to them and they were following a star. They say a king is born. Is that not what they were told? That a king is born for we have seen a star. We are following. A king is born. Where are kings born? Palaces. But they followed the star. No wonder they went to the uh, the palace of Herod. Because that's where kings are born. (laughs) That's where kings are born in palaces. But when you are a king and God needs to hide you from wicked rulers like uh, Herod, he will not allow you to be born in a palace. 
Sometimes where you are born is God's wisdom to hide and to protect you. If you had been born somewhere, maybe they would have sold you. But the truth of the matter is this. When they were looking for the star, they followed it to the palace. The king was not there. You know where they found the king? In a manger. So if they are not smart, they will not associate kingdom with this one. In a manger? No. We saw a star. We didn't see a dot. We saw a star. Real star. Shining bright and shining star. That is what we are looking for. So when they saw Mary and Joseph, who is this? Is it the newborn? They say, no, this cannot be what we saw. We saw a star. <laughs> we saw a star. Listen, it takes discernment to be able to see a savior in a survivor. It takes a discernment. Discernment. Yeah, discernment. To be able to see a victor in a victim. Jesus was at the very serious phase of his life. It takes discernment. And I pray that as we prepare for the new year, you enter the new year with discernment. Because see, your ability, that's why spiritual sensitivity, your ability to see beyond the natural is more important than anything. It's more important. A woman had a need in her life for many years. One day, somebody was passing by. She saw beyond the natural. And when she perceived that Elijah was a man of God, Elijah was a man, he said, I perceive that this one is a holy man of God. And then she persuaded the husband because of my conviction. This is what I want us to do. When they did that and finished, all they needed was in that perception. Somebody say perception. Your ability to perceive is very, very important. And if you are not spiritual, you only see things from a natural perspective. I don't think so. I don't think so. Listen, there are things you don't think so, but your intuition can tell you so. The spirit of God in you can tell you so. And most of the time, the things that will bring dramatic changes in your life are not things you can think your way into. They are things you sense your spirit, with your spirit into. So you need to train your spirit to be able to respond to God. They came, they met him in the manger. And in the manger, everything they brought, they gave to the young man. They saw a king in a kid. May your eyes be open to see a king in a kid. Somebody say, my eyes are open. I see a king in a kid. That's how they benefited from the greatness. They could perceive that this one is great. There are many people, they see greatness around them, they can't see it. Sometimes, you look at your own life and look at how many years it has taken you to be where you are. And look at the young man who is coming after you. Look at how long and how short it has taken you for him to get to where you are. You got in so many years. He should tell you that there is some grace that is pushing this one. Draw him close and help him. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Because sometimes people are super gifted. Also come with a lot of liabilities. And because most of the time, we are impatient to deal with their liability. We just throw them off. Throw them off only for them to struggle, struggle, struggle. And later on, because it's their destiny to be great. With all their mistakes, they will rise from the ashes of defeat. And they get into greatness. And you look back and say, Ha! Ah, I missed an opportunity. I could have helped this person. I could have done this for the person. May that never be your testimony. I said, may that not be your testimony. The book of 2 Corinthians 5, 16, the message version, he said, because of this decision, 
we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. Somebody say, don't evaluate people. By what they have. Second Corinthians 5.16, the message version. He said, because of this decision, we don't evaluate. The King James says, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. We don't evaluate people by what they have and what they look. Number two, you must pay every legitimate price to hang around greatness. Somebody say, hang around greatness. Say, hang around greatness. Yeah. You must pay every legitimate price to hang around greatness. Greatness. Pay every legitimate price. Pay every legitimate price. Do you know the wise men had to travel a very long distance? Mind you, they were not traveling with Mercedes Benzes and uh, aeroplanes. They were traveling with donkeys. Those days. That's how they used to travel. And listen, if you are traveling with the donkey by yourself alone, the speed of the donkey may be fast. But if you are traveling with the donkey covering a distance of about 2,700 kilometers, I don't know how many times that will be for Kumasi to Accra and back. 2,000 crises. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That is the estimated distance they travel. That distance is came all the way from Babylon. It's estimated that in time value, they must have spent four to five months on the road traveling to see Jesus. Most of the time, when you read it, it's as if uh, when Jesus was born, then they came. Listen, by the time they came, Jesus was two years. <laughs> so it, it, it didn't just happen. You know, the decree that uh, Herod gave, he said, all children who are born two years and under, and Jesus was in that category, so Jesus was two years. Now, by the time they came, that was where Jesus was. They traveled a long distance. Okay. Listen, greatness will not come to you. You have to go to greatness. Greatness will not come to you. Oh, me the Oh dear, oh yes, ah. Because uncle Am I communicating to somebody? There are some friends. They don't need you. You need them. This is your life. Everybody around you is poor. poor. Everybody around you doesn't speak sense. Everybody around you. Listen, where are you going with that kind of life? No friend you have has a car. Because you are so jealous. You don't want to be close to them. I don't want to be. Those people, they have a certain attitude. You know, the people come to church with car. They have a certain attitude. You, when you get your car, we don't know the attitude you will get. They have a certain attitude. There's nobody who, who carries some weight a little who has not got a certain attitude. The Spirit of God has to change you and work on you and work on you for you to and not allow it to enter you. Any position you enter, any significant position of influence that you come into, listen, naturally it begins to want to enter you because that is how we find our sense of expression naturally. But when you are in Christ, you find your expression in Christ. Am I communicating here? That's why Paul said, the things that were counted to me as gain, I counted them by dunk. And he talked about precious stuff. Precious stuff. Zeal level of knowledge, his background, his Jewish and Roman heritage. He talked about all of that and said, I count them badank. 
So, if you allow the attitude of great people to be so repulsive, listen, you will never get into their circle. You will never get into their... Some of you, you are just too proud for your level. You don't even have a level and you are proud. <laughs> yeah. Just too proud. There's no level. If you really know your level, you know that there's no level. And you are so proud. You can't come down to associate with anybody. Oh, and Nankofoi, Amoya, Amokasa Bahat, and Yomokasa Bahato, who self esteem new of form, and Tikuamunche, Momonkasa, Nemraso. And what form? And the kitty kitty will be a nasus, ah, and so Musa, how do you quay? And what form? Am I preaching somebody? Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen. 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 We are problem. Yeah, now say, me why do call law school crank out the And so, trust and Am I communicating somebody here? Listen, get, get it straight. Get it straight. Most of the people who have problems with themselves and they have not resolved their self identity problems. They always shift the blame on other people. It's the way he spoke to me. It's the way he acted. Listen, this same acting that you say the person did to you and you are offended, he has been doing it to too many people and they are still laughing around him because you take yourself too seriously. Meanwhile, you, are, you don't have anything to. Turn to your neighbor and say, Brahwasi. Now, what are you doing? Are you a what? That one, only my father can say that. Are you a what? You have to pursue greatness. Somebody say pursue greatness. I wrote here, I said, great people are usually not easily accessible. Until you are willing and ready to diligently pursue them, you may never benefit from their wisdom. Do you know how many miles that the Queen of Sheba had to travel from Ethiopia to Jerusalem? And think all the time. These days, when we think of travel, we think flight. And that is seconds. Uh-huh, so we don't listen. But those that, when they, they travel, you think of donkeys. And don't just think of the donkey carrying the person. Think of the donkey carrying the food. If you are traveling for four months, the donkey must carry your food for four months. It must carry your water for four months. And then it carries your weight. So if you are not my kind of weight, you can see the challenge you have given the donkey. You can see how long it will take the donkey to bring you to where you are going to. Am I communicating somebody? Yeah. Somebody say, hang around greatness. Yeah. Listen, when you associate with wise people, over time, your foolishness will go. When you associate with rich people, over time, am I communicating here? Yeah. A lot of things will change. You know, Peter was an ordinary fisherman. 
when he hung around anointing, the anointing rubbed on him. When he spoke, they say, Ah, I call we were a fisherman. But he's talking like a theologian. They took knowledge that he had been with Christ. So when you hang around a certain people and your life for six years is on the same trajectory, they are not correct people. 2023, change them. Change them. There are relationships you can't change. Your wife, you can't change. Your mother, you can't change. But people who are either adding value or decreasing your worth or your value in life, you can always change them. You can change them. You can change them. You can. Sometimes you hear people say, oh, I was born into this church. I will die in it. No, you don't have to die in the church you were born into. Praise the Lord. If the church is not uh, enough, is not going, carrying a vision on a mandate that can change your life, challenge you to become all that God will have you be, don't die there because you are born there. Everybody who took time and the presence to hang around greatness always exposed enjoyed greatness. Jesus did. You remember Lot? Who was Lot? Who knew Lot? Abraham was the one God called. He hung around him. The Bible said, and Lot also who went with him. He was rich in cattle because the law of association demands that he that walketh with wise men, Proverbs 13, 20, shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Listen, I've been a pastor over this church for about 14 years. And in the 14 years, I've seen people who came in and they came, they caught fire and they were on fire. They were on fire. And then they got entangled with negative relationships in the church. They didn't come drinking. But today, they know how to drink. They don't come to the church drinking. I have never taught five lessons on why you must drink. And yet, in this church, they have learned how to drink. Because of negative association. Listen, all the things I have taught, they cannot change you as fast as your relationships around you. The relationships around you, they change you faster than whatever you are learning. That's why the kind of school your child attends is very important. The kind of people in the class matters. Am I communicating here? Because you think that the teacher is teaching all the fine lessons. Listen, the people, they, the children pick things from their friends that you have no idea of. So if all the only person training your child for you are teachers in the school, you'll miss it. Praise the Lord. When they come home, they come with liabilities and assets. You take the assets and then you drop the liabilities. You teach them. Let them go of these things. It's critical. As soon as Moses died, Joshua, God said, stepped in because you carry what he carries. You can't hang around greatness and it will not rub on you. Anybody you hang around closely, consistently, it will hang, uh, rub on you. Somebody say an amen. amen. Give me a few minutes. Let me bless you. Are you okay? Yes. Uh, I just have about two or three things more. Number three, you must openly acknowledge and celebrate greatness when you see or encounter one. Somebody say openly acknowledge and celebrate greatness when you see one. Yeah. When you see one, don't be troubled by it. Because you see, most of the time when you encounter greatness, the first thing that comes into your heart is jealousy and envy. That's the first thing. Overcome it first. You are not the first to have that feeling. When it comes, kill it. Yeah, kill it. By telling yourself, if I can get to know what this my brother knows, whatever God has blessed him, I can be a particular of it. That's how you kill it. There are people who will not associate with you, Ibi, 
because of nothing you have done. No. It's just jealousy. They are so jealous that they have already said things in their heads and they have believed and it has become convictions in their heart about you. They don't know you for real at all. Everything they know is stories they have made up in their mind because of jealousy. 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 When you hear a person's name, what comes into your heart? Is it a feeling of happiness or is it a feeling of jealousy? Start from there. The moment you sense jealousy, Lord, I need help. Because the moment you sense jealousy, you see, sensing jealousy is an acknowledgement of your need of the help of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me here? But when you pretend like you are not, you are not feeling nothing, then you go and face it by your flesh. And the next time, you'll be scheming to bring the person down. You'll be scheming to discredit the person. You'll be scheming to undermine the person. But deal with the jealousy in your heart. And then, come praising. Come acknowledging. This is beautiful. This is God. Your house is nice. Your car is nice. And you are walking. I'm not communicating here. No, 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 no. Learn to celebrate. Acknowledge and celebrate. One of the best ways to celebrate people is to tell other people you know that when they hear about their success, you'll be happy. Tell them. Oh, the last time I was in uh, at Toto's house, he has such a beautiful atmosphere in his house. And you are telling it to somebody whom you know will celebrate it and call him on the spot and tell him. And Toto, I just met uh, Pastor James. Oh, oh he's, he was full of praises. He said, your house, I'm visiting your house very soon because he told me the place is nice. That is the kind of person you tell. You don't just go and tell a person who is already looking for Toto to kill him. Am I communicating here? Learn to celebrate. Let's learn to celebrate one another. Let's learn to acknowledge. Listen, if your brother is doing better than you, celebrate him as your brother. Am I communicating here? Yeah. And life is in stages and phases. The fact that he's first does not mean you'll be last. And the fact that he's first is not the reason why you are last. Because most of the time people are jealous because they think that your rising is my falling down. When you rise, I will fall. No. When you rise, think that when you rise, he will help you to rise. That's how you should think. Are you with me here? Look at that. The Bible says they came. Look at Matthew 2, verse 10 to 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Did you see that? They rejoiced. They were happy. Are you happy when you hear that people are doing well? Are you happy that the brother did not have to sit the exams twice which you sat seven times? Are you happy? Are you happy? That after having waited for five years to have a child, somebody married and uh, quicker than they expected. You are, they, they are telling you your testimony. They say, ah, we are not even expecting it. We are not ready. And they are telling you who has been expecting it for five years and does not come. At that moment, if you feel nothing in yourself, you are a dead person. You are not correct. You are a hypocrite. You are a dead person. You are not correct. And they call me, I will lay hands on you and resurrect you. You see, it is not feeling negative or bad that makes you, that makes you a sinner, no. Or an evil person. It's 
going ahead to carry that feeling out. That's what happens. If you remember Cain and Abel, he says, your brother, I have accepted him. I didn't say, why are you angry? Then he told him, the way, the posture, the way you are feeling, sin is around you. Be careful how you deal with it. So the feeling, God has seen the feeling and he didn't condemn me for the feeling. But he told him, listen, if you don't deal with this negative feeling, which is very common to everybody who was born in Adam, whether the Holy Ghost is living in him or not, it is common. That is what shows that you are fighting for you wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's war going on. You want to do the right thing, but evil is staring you. So the spirit lasted against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. When we talk about spiritual peace, we don't know these things. These are the realities of the spirit-filled life. That you are spirit-filled, that you are born again, does not mean you will never feel jealous. Then die. Dead people don't feel jealous. Praise God. But you are not a dead sacrifice. You are a living sacrifice. That's the difference. You are a living sacrifice. Somebody said, the trouble with living sacrifice is that they can't lie still. Yeah. <laughs> when you bring a dead sacrifice and you put it on the altar, it's dead. But the living sacrifice, every now and then they get up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They were, they were excited with great joy. And verse number 11, he said, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother fell down and worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. So deep honor. And then the Bible says they give. That's how you also deal with jealousy. Give to the person you are feeling jealous about. Give to the person. Even if it's one Ghana, you have given to the person. Give. You see? There are practical ways you deal with jealousy. Am I communicating? Apart from the spirit and there are also practical steps. Am I communicating here? If you are here, you don't feel jealous. Yeah, you are not correct. It's not the feeling. It's what you do with the feeling. <laughs> when the queen of Sheba came, he said, ah, they told me you were great. Oh. Look at celebration. He said, they told me you were great. But when I came and I saw, ah, the Bible said when she entered, she was breathless. She, she, was, she was in awe. Shocked. Is that what it is really like? In fact, if she was jealous, eh? Or by in a why in the name straight. Solomon. Solomon only. There are people. Jealousy will not has blinded them that they can see something nice that is nice. Smell a nice perfume, they will say it. You know what you are showing? Your nose has a problem. Oh. Because everywhere we are passed, they say we are smelling good. It is only you. So it cannot be our perfume. It's your nose. Go and fix it. Go and fix it. Go and fix it. Go and fix it. Yeah. John the Baptist saw Jesus. He said, ah, look at him. <laughs> look at him. The Lamb of God that taken away the sin. He said, I am not worthy to untie his shoes. And everybody was celebrating John the Baptist at the time. And from that moment, the Bible says immediately, his church members, they left and went to join Jesus' church. That is why the Bible speaks of him as being the greatest of all men. That the character he displayed. 
He didn't go and change his message about Jesus Christ. Hey, correct. say, Because now they are praising him. Says the bridegroom is excited to see, to share in the joy of the groom. Am I communicating here? Number four, you must seize every opportunity you get to give or sow into the lives of great people. If you are going to benefit from greatness, sow into the lives of great people. Sow into the lives of great people. So they knew they were coming to a king. And when they came, they didn't see a king, they saw a kid. And they didn't take their gold back. They give it. <laughs> they give it. They give it. They give it. They came all the way with gold because they were going to the presence of a kid. They met a kid and they will not take it back. That's a revelation. They gave it there. The Bible said, when they opened, they rejoiced. And verse 11, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gift, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That is what it is. Listen, let me tell you something. You see, a number of people know how to give to small people. They don't know how to give to big people. Now, it's okay to give to small people. The Bible said, he that had mercy on the poor, he will lend to the Lord. But, in the book of, I think Hebrews 7 verse 7, let's look at the new century. Now, everyone knows that the more important person blesses the less important person. Okay, I like this. Go back, go back. Give me the message. He said, in art of blessing, in art of what? Blessing. In art of what? Blessing. The lesser is blessed by the greater. The lesser is blessed. Most of the time, the reason why people will not want to give to a big person, a great person, because they think they already have. Now listen, it's not they are having what you are giving them that is making a difference. It's getting the blessing on your life that makes a difference. Am I communicating here? Yeah. He said, in act of blessing, the lesser is blessed. Of the better. That's what he says. The new century says, not everyone know that the more important person blesses the less important person. When the queen of Sheba came, she prepared with valuable things. But by the time she was leaving, who was blessed? The queen of Sheba was blessed. What she received was much more than what she gave. Praise the Lord. If you are going to kill the jealousy in your heart against a, a rising star around you, give. Praise the Lord. Give. Give. Because you see, the fact that you are not giving to that great person does not mean that he will stop being great. And most of the time, that's how people think. If I don't give him, he will not attain this. And if he doesn't attain this, we will all be level. No, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. No matter what you do, you can keep it all. Watch it. Try and watch it and see. No, the more you withhold, the more the thing you wanted to give, somebody else will give it and you'll be surprised. Am I communicating here? That, it, 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 it should humble you. God is just telling you that, that what you are giving to the person is not something he really needs. I'm not communicating here. They came. The man was seeking to destroy. This one came. Queen of Sheba brought. Let me close. Number five. You must protect and defend greatness wherever you find one. Can we raise a church where we know how to protect and preserve greatness? Am I communicating here? Oh, good to see you. Merry Christmas. We must learn how to protect it. Let's not be destroyers of greatness. 
you are hired into a job and the business is doing well, don't try to destroy it. Am I communicating here? Don't, don't, don't destroy it. Don't destroy it. Don't destroy it. There are people who join organizations and by the time they lived there, everything was a mess. Listen, it is not a, a demonstration of Christ-like character to join an atmosphere, a company, a business and leave it in a worse state than you first met it. No. As a child of God, is already a value-adding person. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why it's a blessing to have you as an employee by all standards. It should never be said that Muslims are better than Christians. It should not. But it's said most times. It's said. Because Christians can do quiet time for longer than they, they need to do and report to work late in the name that I was doing my quiet time. You see, a Christian must be value-adding. Am I communicating here? Yeah. The best employee, in fact, if you read the letters of Paul, he was selling them. He says, those of you who have masters, who are Christians, you must serve them all the better because you are Christians. And because you know that beyond the salary, God is going to reward you. Listen, if you are a Christian and you are working for anybody, forget about salary. Apart from the salary you are getting, I'm not saying forget about salary as for forget about salary. Because you need it for your transportation to work. Don't I want you to quote me well. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that beyond salary, think about supernatural rewards. Let, let me read that to you and I close. Because a lot of Christians don't think about that at all. And that text was given with reference to work. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I think verse, uh, let's start from verse 5. There about. Yes, verse 5. Bond servants. Look at that. Maybe you can do some of the new international, international version or so. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. He's talking about servants. Obey your earthly masters with respect and with with what? Respect and with so for a Christian to be speaking and castigating your boss is not good. Protect greatness. If your boss is not good, people should not find out from you. Are you with me here? Yeah. It says, my boss, the upper mouth. At the end, I'll call office. What's that? I'll call you. Who could count in the girlfriends and I said, you know, I'll call you. Listen, let me tell you something. You see, anytime you go around greatness, you will see things you didn't expect to see. <laughs> Can I talk to somebody? You will see things you didn't expect to see and you are seeing them because you have access. The access you have to greatness, one of the liabilities it brings is not just giving you this, but you also see things you did not expect to see. Can I tell you something? Do you know that when the Queen of Sheba came, she chose what she wanted to see. She saw the attendance. Go back and read it. The Bible said when she saw the dressing of the staff, she saw the, the way they had set table. She saw. Then she was carried away. But let me tell you something. If she wanted to see things that would have made her depressed, she would have seen them. One of them is the number of wives Solomon had. Because she must be careful this man who is notorious for having too many wives not to add her to his uh, fleet of wives. He could obviously be thinking like that. 
And two quite Juma Wadi, I would do when you boss, yes, you are as open my one year, the Baba so old. Shall see you at Juma Time Asso Time Asso Praise the Lord. Look at that. He said, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Christ. When your boss is not in the office, look at the time you go to the office. Because he said he was taking a a short break. Listen, one of the true marks of honor is not what happens when the presence of your boss is around. When he's not around. That is where real honor is demonstrated. Because he's entrusted you to take over in his absence. So if he can't trust you to do a good job, you are disappointed. That's it. He said, your real master who is Christ. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6. Don't just do what you have to do just to get by. Okay? But work heartily. As Christ servants doing what God wants you to do. <laughs> verse 7. Then he says, and work with a smile. Oh. Can you, can you see that? Work with a smile. That's why you're not getting promoted. 2023, learn to smile. Learn to smile. Why? When you are too straight. Learn to smile. <laughs> are you with me here? Yeah, learn to smile. Work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, Muslim, atheist, whoever, you are really serving God. Are you with me here? You are really serving God. You are really serving God. Now, that is how the early church, they turned their world upside down. Because Christians were hated. At the time these letters were written, Christians were not the delight of people. They were hated. But no matter how you hated them, give them job. So in spite of all the negatives you know, and Nero and his team will publish about Christians. You will know that, no. If I get more of these Christians here, things will be fine. But do you know that we are living in times where Christians don't even want to hire Christians? Christians don't want to hire Christians. 2023, be a good employee. Am I communicating here? Yeah, good employees will always become great owners of businesses. If you work for someone and you are not able to do it well, never think of ever starting one yourself because you fail. It takes more. You do more. You sacrifice more to lead any organization than when you are following. That's so much. The weight, the burden. Nobody. Things that people don't see, those are the things you are doing. Am I communicating here? I hope somebody has been blessed this morning. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed.
pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.